0: Yes, people, welcome back. Another episode of Above the Knee. Jay, how are you, man? I'm much better now. Much better now. He's relaxed. He chilled out. I'm ready for an exciting one. Introducing Corny McKenzie, women's football writer and social media at London City Lionesses. Hello, how are you? Oh, good. How are you?
1: Yeah, no, I'm pretty good. Um, I feel like compared to the guests you guys have had on here, I'm definitely lower on the calibre list, but massively honoured to be here anyway because I do love a chat.
0: No, don't be silly. We're, we're excited to have you on. Um, wait. What, where, should we start from the beginning? Shall we start from the beginning? This is like going all the way back. Mm. Like, oh. what, what was your journey into into football and then obviously into being, working in women's football? What, what was your journey?
1: So I've played since the age of, I'm <clears throat> about five years old. So I've grown up in like a, a football family, both parents and, Older siblings, you know, it's almost like a tradition that we've all we've all played and somehow ended up in our own hobbies that we wanted to do. So my older sisters always ended up in dancing. As you can see, I certainly did not. Um I continued down the football route. So I was constantly football as a kid. Um and kind of where I grew up, it was it was good to have a distraction so that you didn't end up doing anything too stupid. Um so I was constantly there at any opportunity that I could. Um and actually I actually ended up not too bad at it. So my parents kind of encouraged me to, to train that a little bit harder and do a little bit more because if I wanted to go and do professional football, at least I had the baseline there to go and do it. Um, I played for a team called Glasgow Women who are in the championship now. Um, they weren't when I was there, but they've grown massively and are such a good advert for the women's game. So um, they're doing amazing things and gets like ex Celtic players there and some players from like down South and stuff. They're doing really good things. Um, and then at primary school one day we had a Rangers coach come in and do a kind of workshop Um he was standing at the, the side of the car park and our football pitch was right next to that. And I was the only girl playing that day with the boys at lunch and he just so happened to take my age group at Rangers Football Club, um, which I never hide as a club that I support and have since birth. So as you can imagine, I was, you know up in the up in the ante a little bit for him um, and it just so happened that he scouted me that day and spoke to my parents after school for me that day as well and um, played with them and then ended up on the other side of Glasgow at Celtic and um, they were la- they were leading the academy at that time and it made sense of me to go there and develop. Loved every minute at both clubs like it was such a professional setup to the point where you know, I can see where the heartbreak comes from young kids when they're told that they're not good enough because you're so convinced at that point that you're going to make it and then it all comes crashing down. Um, for me, it was more about I realised that I didn't really enjoy it that much and that the commitment was just a bit much for the, a young kid. You know, I was like 13, 14, leaving for school in the morning, leaving school, going straight to training and then getting in at 11 o'clock and doing it all again. It was a lot. <clears throat> and on top of that, I was doing other sports, like as a swimmer as well. Um, and I'd done a bit of hockey so it was just too much and I decided I'm going to study on academics like a good young child that I was, (laughs) luckily my parents backed that as well. Um, They were gutted because they thought I had the potential but I was more interested in doing other things and having a bit of a social life so yeah I kind of stripped back the playing, focused on my exams and then got back into playing at like 17 for BSC Glasgow just to get back into it because I missed it so much and yeah played with them right up until I... I left for London and um yeah, switched my allegiance from boots to an op and a laptop. And here we are, I'm on your guys' podcast. What
0: was what was it like being being at an academy from so young then?
1: It was the best experience like ever, but you know, on the opposite end of the spectrum, it was so pressurising because you know you're playing for a huge badge whether that is Rangers or Celtic or whether that is like Arsenal or Chelsea I can imagine the the pressure feels the same um but it's just amazing you're treated like you know you're treated like royalty I was taken into the changing rooms I was showing all my kit I was showing all these pictures that I'd seen before because I've been to Murray Park before um my dad was standing there you know the proudest man on earth getting getting my pictures taken you know it was it was probably his best moment compared to mine. Um, but it was honestly the best thing. You know, the training was so such a high standard for, you know, how many years ago it was. But and um, to see where it is now, you know, Rangers women and Celtic <clears> have <throat> got the leading academies in Scotland by far and producing some of the best talent you'll see in Scotland in a few years. But to be involved in that was an incredible feeling and it's something that I still hold very, very close. Because I think <clears throat> it shaped me to be as hardworking, I think, as what I'm now because I know that hard work reaps rewards, I've seen it. So if you apply that to anything in life, then you'll definitely come out the other end with, with the rewarding. That's what happened when I was younger.
0: I think your self-awareness is like, is staggering. Because a lot of people would like, I don't know, well, I've had experience with people and it's like getting to an academy and it's almost, I've made it now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know for what, like
0: you it's... to be like, oh no, you need to carry on working hard. And then, oh, actually I'm gonna, I'm gonna step away from this because I know it's too much. Yeah. And then like go back and play football. Like, I think like like self awareness like for to be as young as you were as well. Like, that's so that's mental. Like
1: my parents, uh, my parents, you know, never let me never let me for a second think that, you know, this is it, you know, you've got it. It was always well, how can you push further now? And I think I'm glad that they've done that, but um, you know, it's probably breeded me into sometimes I can't I can't stop working probably like the both of you. I can imagine the both of you are similar to that. You just don't know when to turn the laptop off. But yeah, it's it definitely got um, too much to the point. You know, I was like, if I keep going, I'm gonna have to be a professional footballer because my exam results will not carry me into anything else. <laughs> um, I'm just not doing enough at school. I was getting into school like shattered. Even I was like, they were like, oh, do you want to play at lunchtime? I'd be like, no, because I've got like four hours of training after school. I don't want to. I'm not allowed to get injured. Um, but it was the best, the best experience ever. We won, we won a tournament and stuff and all that. And. Um, i sure we won the league as well so to me I'd done what I've always wanted to do pull on a Rangers kit and represent the club so I'll always held that close but I think they would be glad not to have me now because I like chasing a league title at the minute and I certainly would not contribute to that um, so yeah no it's definitely one of the best experiences I've had for, for, like for my whole life really.
0: And moving from playing did you know that you wanted to do like do what you're doing now essentially like straight away was it was like I'm going to step away from playing and focus on my exam but like football's never going to be far away like that's still my goal just in a different capacity.
1: Yeah so working in football was always something that I wanted to do and um, you know I spoke to my parents um, and you know I had a chat with them because I was coming up to the point where I was going to have to choose what I wanted to do I was going to have to go to uni or I was going to have to do something and um, football had always had such a, a close place in my heart um, and it obviously still does but I was thinking about you know coaching, but I was like, I don't think I can give as much back into football as I can with coaching because I've not done much of it, um, and I don't really see myself doing it. You know, I look up to these, I look at these coaches, and I think, could I be you? Probably not, because I just don't think I had the the passion for the coaching. Um, but I'd always enjoyed writing, and was very good at English at school, and you know, almost criminally good at it because I could like do it without any studying or any any effort so I was kind of lucky in that way but you know I remember one thing my parents took back to was watching like match of the day and always loving how the presenters would go about their um like their set and you know they taught my parents bless them they didn't know much about it because they're like mid 50s so they were trying to muscle up as much information as they could but teach me about the world of broadcasting and how they do that and one person they spoke about was Ailey Barber who's a Scottish broadcaster and she does a lot of Scottish football um so <clears throat> when I turned 18 and it came to, to going to uni I took a gap year just to try and explore that a lot more um, and that became the time of like the coronavirus pandemic Um I picked up writing and um, started to to look at a lot of articles how does it work and I just loved it I could do it every single day I'd find my niche I'd find my passion um, and women's football was that you know wasn't too far away from me at all times but you know writing about it and and just, you know, being in that environment where other people are doing the same as you and you're just constantly learning off other people. And then I explored the world of, like, podcasts and, like, broadcasting, like I'm doing at uni just now. Um, there's just so much to it that you unpack. And when I started running for her Football Hub, like, that passion was went from, like, one to 1,000. It was unreal. Um, And I say this all the time, but I'm forever indebted to those guys because I certainly would not be where I am today without them. But women's football was always close and... I just had to unlock that little that little padlock to what I wanted to do in <clears throat> media and writing and broadcasting is um, is certainly it. And you could say social media as well, since that's what I do as well now.
0: <clears throat> yes, it's like you had the passion, but you didn't know like, where to channel it. And someone would be like, oh, it's, like, it's here. And you're like, right, yeah. cool, now, now I'm in for it.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what it was. It that took,
0: does sound amazing. It took me
1: a while to unlock it. But once I found it, it was like, you couldn't stop me, you know. Within a couple of years, I'm down in London now working with arguably one of the best clubs in London. So it's it's an incredible feeling, but I'm very grateful to those that helped me unlock that because I, I beg to think what would happen if I, didn't, um, if I didn't unlock that. I'd probably be doing something very, very normal at uni, you know, like accounting or who knows, just business on its own.
2: Speaking of, you said one of the best clubs in London, I think it's important you speak on that because... I feel the WSL coverage is great but I think there's a lot of coverage that's lacking for the championship And I think it's great to have you on because you are someone that sees one of the championship teams so you're kind of aware of their capabilities and you're aware of the system so what's it like working for London City Lionesses and seeing them week in week out?
1: Oh it's like the most incredible like experience of my life like the last six months has been nothing short of amazing like this group of players have so much drive towards the journey of promotion to the WSL it's like they've got blinkers on nothing can I think pass these players the staff are the same you know Corey Daniels assistant coaches like play at Arsenal Charlton like I walk past that like a few times a week and I pinch myself like I actually work with you and then I go out to the players and I'm having a laugh with them as, as you do being the social media person your job's not taken too seriously um, and it's like you're just loving shoulders with the most passionate, driven, enthusiastic women, like, in the planet. Um, it's crazy, you know, I've got Mel, the head coach, who has taught me so, so much about the game. It's incredible, you know, how, like, to be involved in a football environment is so different to your usual environment. And it's something I had to learn, from, like, pretty early on, because um, <clears throat> anyone that would try and, like, tarnish this journey of, like, promotion to the WSL you know it's just not going to happen for you so you have to be so sunken into it to the point where you can't see anything past it and that's that's me now you know I'm so sold on this journey with this club it is incredible but it's so amazing like these players work so so hard and they're just yeah they're funny they are very driven and everyone around them is the exact same so when you go in it's like you know it's all laughs and giggles but at the end of the day, everyone, everyone's everyone got a job to do. And as long as that, got, that job gets done well, everything everything's all good. But honestly, I'm so excited to see where this club ends up in 50, 100 years' time. Because to think, you know, this club's only three years old just now, and we're pushing for promotion to the easier, like the best league in Europe, you know, the sky's a limit for them. You know, the club is founded on nothing but, you know, the values of women's football. So for me, yeah, probably like the best club in London for me, but that could be a little bit biased. <laughs>
0: How did, how did you end up how did you end up in this role <clears throat> so how did how yeah. did you how did you get it how did you
1: how did so, you I don't
0: know I don't want to say end up because end up sounds a bit negative because how
1: pretty, did you
0: how did you achieve up, your role at London City Lionesses
1: end up sums up <laughs> pretty well to be honest I wouldn't have been mad so <laughs> I, moved down, I moved down to to London in September and um, it was like freshers week you know the classic everyone's out like doing mad things that I would certainly <laughs> not share on the podcast at like my fat, <laughs> mental. Um, <clears throat> I was not. <clears throat> I'd started work at Shoe, like, sh- pretty straight away. So I was, like, in work mode all the time, like like a classic kind of old old pensioner attitude. Um, and I see my phone one day and it's a message from the sporting director, Edward Gallagher, invite me down to chat with him. I was like, nah, I'm not real. It's fake. This is fake. I don't believe it like he'd worked at Celtic for a numerous amount of years. I think we'd crossed paths maybe once and we've somehow ended up back in this circle. Um, but he gave a message on Twitter, um, like mid-afternoon, one Wednesday afternoon, like, hi, seen the work that you do with like Huff Football hub, um, and other outlets that you've worked with, like really, really like the work that you do. um, as a, club, as a club that's grown, we'd love to have someone like you in if you want to come down and chat when we play Coventry, which, wow, what a game to be introduced to because... We came back from 2-0 down to Draw 2-2. I was sitting next to the chairwoman, the owner of the club, Diane, and the second goal went in, and I have leaped up like a child that supported this club for years. Like, leaped up, tears in my eyes. We've just came back to Draw 2-2. wasn't even involved with the club yet, but from then on, I absolutely did catch the bug. But I spoke to Edward, and he spoke to me about the journey that the club is on and <clears throat> what he wants me to do. And I thought, this is like, perfect for me, like, absolutely perfect, involved in the Championship, such a high-caliber club, such great values, you know, any player that you chat to at London City, when they come to London City, or even just now, the first thing I'll chat to you about is the vision and the values of the club and how they match their own, and it's just one thing that spreads throughout, and from then on, like, I caught the bug, and my first games were two away games, and like, seven hours north in Sunderland and Durham, so I was thrown in at the deep end, um, I was, like, doing overnight stays with them. Like, I don't know these people, but it was the best way to be flung in. And, and now, like, I consider so many of them, not just colleagues, but really good friends and very grateful for that, for that opportunity from Edward.
0: That's so mental. I love how it came full circle with Edward, <laughs> but also, like, like football, get, football gets like that. Like, when, when you go somewhere and you can feel other people's passion, it's very hard not to catch the bug. But then, like yeah. thrown in the deep end straight away, Durham and Sunderland.
1: Yeah, it was mental. So we were on the <clears throat> we were on the coach, ready to go up to to Durham was the first game. Obviously, a massive game. Like if we won this, we boost our chances of <clears throat> promotion. We unfortunately lost. Um, but Mel came on the coach. I was already sitting down. She's like, "Girls, this is the new social media intern. Um, and his Courtney." say hi to Courtney, and it was like, hi, and these players are, like, so ready for a game, like, they were in game mode already, and they're like, hi, yeah, bud's straight back in, and I was like, hi, like, had no clue what to do. We obviously lost that game as well, so, you know, it made things a little bit more difficult, but the Sunderland game was, was a lot better. Um, it's such a good experience, like, honestly, like, one of the most amazing things ever, like, because, it's you know, as a coach, you have to be a little bit more serious, don't you? You have to have a bit more authority about you. I don't. I get to have a laugh. I get to get to do them to do daft things like the post-match videos. They love doing them. So when they finish a game and they've won, <clears throat> Courtney, can I get your phone? I want to do a post-match video. And you sure can. You know and the, the big culprits for that are Jamie Lee Napier and Charlotte Fleming. They love them, you can't get them away from the camera. So it's the most, yeah, the most amazing thing, but yeah, very nerve wracking at the same time.
2: <clears throat> As a socials yeah. person, oh, sorry. As a socials person, how do you kind of find it after a disappointing game? Because it can be easy <laughs> when you get the wins, but how do you kind of get content after a loss or a disappointing result?
1: Well, when it comes to loss, like I feel the loss as much as probably what they do, and um, it is really, really difficult. Um, because the mood obviously is very dampened, and like I said, with the players' attitudes, they they do take it like to a personal extent. So the last thing they want is someone like in their face asking them to do anything or even seeing like other clubs like doing really well so they'll kind of shut off and you know rightfully so I did the same as a player Um, so a loss is almost like right like the guy I work with Sam it's like you know we plan what we're going to do so we'll leave the dust to settle we won't post anything because the last thing you want is the players be like oh get that off like there's no need for that you know because at the end of the day like we're there for like them and the staff so we just don't want to you know, hurt them in any way that could tarnish their, you know, their attitude going into training or whatever. Um, so after a loss, it's very quiet. You look at the content you've got for maybe like highlights or good things that happened in the game. So like, if we did score anyway, always try and put focus on the positives. Like always, always, always. Um, but after a win, it's so so much easier. Like the mood is up here. Like after Sunderland on Sunday, it was just it was so so good because we played so well as well. Um, it was obviously a shame to concede the penalty, but, you know, off to Sunderland. Like, they've done all that they could to try and at least get a goal in um, a great wee club. And they always push every club they come up against um to the height. So that was a great, great win. Three great goals. Like, Amy Rodgers, I think i will be putting that on the socials for the next few years to come <laughs> from there. It was so good. Um, But after a loss, yeah, it's very difficult. And you almost just kind of, like, let the dust settle and um, go over what you've got what can you say, um, and like the match report and stuff will go out anyway, so it's not too difficult. But after I win, it's like me and Sam are like fighting over who wants to post what because there's <laughs> so much so much you want to say and so much you want to, to instigate with fans and stuff. But, yeah, after I win, it's the, the best job in the world after I loss, Perhaps not one of the quietest ones, I could say.
2: <laughs> We've asked a
0: few people that have come on, um, like – in terms of talking content, like what would be your dream piece of content? Like you've got unlimited budget, you can do whatever you want. You could be, a, you could do a feature film if you wanted, documentary, like a dream person you'd love to interview. Like I'm always keen to see like what people's dream piece of content is. What, what would Jack you and yours would be?
1: I think. See now with how they do so well, like and are starting to rise into the well, maybe not after the for Pro exit and stuff, maybe not. But of <laughs> how well they're doing, I think it would be so good to do like a full week's worth of like behind the scenes with like Barcelona, like so good. Like we behind the scenes interviews and Alexia Puteus, like her day to day life. Like I think these things are just so interesting. And like a player's day to day life is actually really interesting. I tried to film about it and they will tell you about like their pre match rituals and their breakfast and all that. and like, what they like to do in the changing room, like, whether it's music or whether it's having a laugh. Like, I think it's really interesting. So, yeah, like, a, a World Cup segment would be really good. Like, I couldn't imagine covering the World Cup. I think that would be the, the ultimate dream. But, yeah, like, Barcelona would be a, a club that I would love to just be a fly on the wall for, like, a week leading up to, to like, the Real Madrid game that's been sold out. Mm. That, that's the dream, the ultimate dream.
0: That would be sick, like... To be fair, just thinking that then, like imagine an all or nothing behind the scenes.
2: imagine being in a rondo, in a Barcelona rondo, just trying (laughs) like as a normal person going in there just trying to get the ball off one.
0: It's the the standard players have like when you always think this might be different for you because you played at a a higher standard than me. But I remember (laughs) thinking like watching when I was working at Man City, I remember thinking, oh, rondos can't be that hard, and it's not it's not that much. And I remember being one of like just like we were just in um, like the indoor pitch. It was like Jesus Navas, Nalito and Yaya Torre. And like, uh, I couldn't get near him. And I remember thinking like my legs not, aren't close, so I'm moving, but like you can't fit the ball through here. And honestly, the amount of times I got nutmegged, I was thinking like, I don't know physically how, you're, how you've done this. Like the physics in my head, what I've learned at school don't equal to what you've now done to me. Like, this is mental, like, the standard of players is just, like, disgusting, like, definitely. so disgusting. It
1: definitely humbles you as someone looking from the, the outside in, you know, I watch the training, obviously, when I'm out, <clears throat> and, like, the analyst, Sophie, she plays um, futsal, so she's, like, still very sharp, like, knows her stuff, she plays with the Red and and she'll go in and, like, have a laugh with them and play, and, like, it just looks like they're taking them back like all the time, but the, like it's so minimal effort for them to. I think I would hate to be an opponent like coming up against you. Like I'm asked all the time if there's one player that I wouldn't want to come up against at London City, it would be or Lloyd because if you flung a brick at her head, she would head it. Like <laughs> she sticks her head on anything, like no matter how fast paced that ball has been pinged at her head, she'll hit it. Like you've got the captain like Harley Bennett, she'll she'll get that ball off you before you even notice that it's there. Like, it's it's crazy, but, yeah, it humbles you. Like, looking at them, thinking, nah, I could not be up to this standard. Certainly not. Like, you guys are far too good for me.
2: That is mental. I
0: always think people who play futsal, like, because it's always, it's. I think like that's a weird, like, journey. If you play futsal, then go to football. I always think them, them players are always so techy. Like, ball control is ridiculous and all that. And they're like, oh, you don't really know how to play eleven aside. They're like, oh, listen, like, just get me the ball. It don't matter. Like, I'll be able to do things, it's and it's just difficult. like unbelievable. Jay, that's what you want. That's what you want, isn't it? It's champagne football with everyone played. Everyone in the, the WSL played futsal for ten years before coming into. <laughs> there should a be side. weekly
2: courses. Like you know, how people have weekly over? I think <laughs> all teams should have weekly futsal. I want to I see some interesting stuff on the pitch.
0: <laughs> the thing is, I don't think that would be bad from a coaching standpoint for like yeah. one session a week be like oh we're with his foot style today like yeah. in terms of like ball control like and movement I think that'd be unreal Jay you might have a might have yourself a little a little plan that you can start delivering out to your
2: teams <laughs> I'd love to see it I think obviously like the WSL is new and like we don't see too much about the championship but I think when it comes to like what I've seen and what's really got me out of my seat I've been really impressed with the championship mm. but I think you kind of need to know who's who to watch the yeah. championship. It's not necessarily thrown in front of your face. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, I want to ask you, Courtney, three players at London City Lionesses that you think people should watch out for? And one young player.
1: Wow. Well, I know mean, if it was up to me, I'd say, I'd say all of them, but <clears throat> no, nah, there's definitely a few. So... Like I said, college of like her partnership with Holly Bennett is probably one of the best in the championship. They've been playing like as if they've been playing together for for years. Like it's crazy. They're just such on the same level. So I'll see her. Um, you could count her as a young one. I think she's only nineteen. Um, <sighs> yeah, I think she's a year younger than year or two younger than me. So I'll see. She's my young one. <clears throat> um, see, <clears throat> Annie Rossiter, one of our strikers, like put anything on a plate for her not even on a plate anything within one meter of her like body and it's it's getting touched in and it's going in like crazy crazy amount of talent that girl has and you see it in training and then you see the exact same thing happen in a game you think like a turn and finish for her is like standard like textbook so put her down as one of them um Amy Rogers my God, she's went on fire recently. Um, former, formerly at Liverpool as well. So I think maybe a few people already know who she is. But Amy Rodgers is incredible, like absolutely incredible. Um, and I'll put from my, my last one, Young Jess Gray, like one of our goalkeepers. She made a debut against Ashford in the FA Cup, and <clears throat> she's just so good. She's like six foot one or something, um, and she's like twenty one, I think, maybe or twenty, maybe same age as me. And she's just so good, like Shea Yan is right world class. I'll say it now. I'll go keep her, Shea, world class. There's you know, there's a reason that everyone hypes up about her, she's so good. But Jess, since she's came up from the, the B team, you know, made her debut and stuff, so I'll, I'll give her a credit where it's due. You know, she'll she'll go on to do amazing things. That's a good size 6 1. I, I feel like
0: that's always one thing. Like one slide I'm always, oh the goalkeepers as big as as big as they can be sort of thing. But six yeah. one, that's can't be
1: sniffed yeah. at. It's crazy. Crazy. I stand beside her like <clears throat> like training. <clears throat> and I'm just like, you're so tall, you probably have like a couple of inches to go.
2: Yeah, she's <laughs> yeah. not very old, like. Yeah. Like, it's
1: that's crazy. crazy. She just gets to anything, gets to anything. There's no point in trying to lob her or shipper because she's already got it so just the sheer
0: presence as well like for corners and stuff you just think listen we have to get this away from the goalkeepers i'm not gonna beat her because she's got she's 6-1 standing and once her arms go up it's like and some
1: (laughs) like at ashford she was standing like if they did get a corner like arms up and all that And i was thinking these players must be like why have you done that like what are you doing that for like at least give us a chance a little bit of a chance but you know astro were pretty tall as well. Like what a team they were. Like see for the first first half. I was like, they are they're onto something. They're pretty good. And that's I love the FA Cup. You know, we've got Arsenal in a couple of weeks. That's that's a dream fixture, if you ask me. But you know, I love the FA Cup because it gives gives players a chance to do that. But you know, Jess is like a brick wall. Like she is so cat-like, she'll get to anything just by like leaping four feet across the goal and without that one head out of please Get back up and shout. Jess is just like one arm, like one arm, just like catch it. It is amazing. It's so funny to watch. I wish I could show everyone it.
0: That's sick though. The FA Cup, That's the best thing about the FA Cup to me. Like
1: yeah.
0: being able to test yourself against the best. Like especially like with Arsenal right now leading the WSL. Like that's going to be an amazing game. Also for you on like a social media standpoint. Like it's a lot more eyes on your work. So that's wicked.
1: Yeah, no, it's so exciting, you know. Um, <clears throat> I've always admired like Arsenal for a long time, you know, Jail tell you. <laughs> um I've admired them for a long time. They've got easily some of the best players in, in the world at the minute, um, perhaps slacking a little bit. But you know, for us it's you know, we got that tie and you know the the absolute first mood and around the, the training ground was this is our chance to test ourselves. Like we want to be in a WSL. So this is our best chance to go and show people that we deserve to be there and that we are going to be there. You know, they're not doing so well at the minute, obviously. They get beat 2-0 against Birmingham. And our Birmingham side that we were beaten 2-0, they can back the draw 2-2. We won't talk about it. We won't talk about it.
2: <laughs> We've um,
1: <laughs> we, we done really well against Birmingham, so, you know, we were thinking by theory we can go out and do a do job here. And if we do, then I think it will bring a lot more, a lot more eyes to the club that are deserved. You know, I think, I seen a tweet the other day, actually, that I... I was a big fan of and it was someone had said like you know kudos to to London City currently sitting second in the championship above like Bristol, Durham, Crystal Palace and it's like you know yeah like you know give yourself a pat the back girls because that's what you're doing like people are starting to to see it now like a three-year-old club is doing things like doing bits in the championship and could do bits against Arsenal so you know let's hope we do because my job will be a dream if we do, I will not we'll be able to
0: roll out that content for years to come. Your phone will be on fire. Even <laughs> yeah. more so if if you if the, that game goes well and Arsenal go on to win the WSL, list rolling that out yeah. all season long, <laughs> like flying. Yeah.
1: Like I will just I will just be putting out there. You know, expect to see us um, lift the WSL in the next in the next three years. <laughs> uh, expect to see it. You know, Harley Bennett lift that WSL trophy. I can see it. I can <laughs> see it.
0: I love I love the the desire and the passion is mental but yeah second place in the championship not not nothing to be sniffed at like that is that's bang on uh, moving on from that let's talk euros women's euros in the summer how how do you feel like that's going to affect the game in in the UK Like obviously a lot of a lot of extra eyes on it, but do you, how how do you expect to see, let's say September, like the start of the next season? What 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 will be different in the women's football landscape for you?
1: I think there'll be a lot more, um, maybe fans that perhaps were debating on getting into women's football that will you know cement themselves into the into the game. You know, I think you know being Scottish, you know, talking about the Euros is a touchy subject. We're <laughs> not going to be there. It's fine. It's fine we didn't want to be there anyway we're getting ready for the World Cup um, but you know I think it's going to do I think it's going to do positive things and you know England are in a really good place as well you know they've got such a good team going forward that they're one of the favourites to go on it so I think if they do go on it or even you know like <clears throat> Northern Ireland do really well which I'm so excited to see them at Euros you know it'll bring so many more fans to to the women's game I think the Euros is going to be like that final push that the women's game needs here in the UK because it's been like up and up and up for a while. You know, mm-hmm. you can see it, you know, get that little bit better kind of each month. But I think the Euros is going to be like the final shove down the hill to see the biggest amount of progress. Like I am looking, so looking forward to it. Um, You know, like little special things like Northern Ireland being there, like, part, like part-time like part players going to Euros is incredible. Um, And then you've got like the Giants like England who are favourites to win it. And I think if they do win it, like it could probably be one of the best things that will happen to this this country for a while in terms of like women's football because so many people like look up to like Lucy Bronze and Leah Williamson and um like all these all these big names and to see them win a Euros it'd be like do you know what I want to do that and I hope to see the fluctuation and and like local clubs with young girls because that would be the ultimate dream was to see young girls think they've won a Euros why can't I do it you know they've all came from the same the same grown up you know journey that we have you know just. They're not Scottish, so, so that's why they've won it.
0: <laughs> you know what? Thinking about it, I bet there is. I don't know how, I, I don't know the stats, I don't know any actual insights, but I'm just thinking about it. I bet after a Euros or a World Cup win, I bet there's always like a golden generation that come from it. No, like mm-hmm. players that are inspired by it. And like, you know what? Like, I'm, I actually love football. Like, I'm gonna, I've watched this now. I think that could be me. Yeah. I, I, there's some stats I'd like to see, actually, um, like the in the uptake and then like the production of players following that. I'd think that would be unreal. But yeah, I, I agree with you. It's almost the final push because yeah. I feel like with COVID, we had the World Cup, amazing, and I thought like this was it. I thought like the balls rolling, World Cup, and now we've got um, the women's teams playing in the men's stadiums, we're breaking records, and then COVID hit, and you're sort of like. Oh, yeah. It just didn't. Whereas, like men's football, didn't really take a didn't take a hit really. Yeah. But it was like women's football. Like I felt massively didn't. It's like you look at now. Like I look at the thing uh, a Man City and I see like the attendance numbers. And I'm like these are lower than they were before. Yeah. But like we're now. But I'm like we're putting. There's more funding in it. The teams are arguably better. Like I don't. I don't get it. But yeah, I do think the Euros will be that final push. Mm-hmm. And I like I can't wait to see. During the Euros, like as much as I'd love England to win it, and I do think they could be favourites, I'm not so sure about the selection. I don't know what's going to happen, so I'm trying not to get too excited. Jay, I won't even get you started on it
2: because I know what
1: you. I'm get being like.
2: good. I'm being good. Whatever teams are <laughs> out there, I'll support 100. percent I'll be on my best behaviour.
1: Yeah, the selection's been a bit, you know, off for a couple of times, hasn't it? It's been a bit, you know. Yeah, I've seen a lot of a lot of tweets about it, and I think. I think one player is on she's fit. They should go, and I'd imagine that Jay um will agree with me that a lot of the, the um the uproar was about how the last time like Beth Mead and Jordan Nobbs like not being selected. I think if they don't if they don't go to the Euros or even one of them don't go, then you know I think all eyes will be on why not rather than yeah it's the Euros because you know mm. they have proven time and time again that they should be there. And I think now that I live in England, it's only my right to to support them. You know perhaps maybe my dad wouldn't be too happy because he's. A patriotic classic scottishman but i will i'll support i'll support any home nation that's that's there and hopefully jordan knobs and Mead are there because yeah. if anyone asks
0: just supporting your local ain't you yeah it's my, my local country you know one <laughs> <laughs> i'm currently living in <laughs> so i gonna go watch the local
1: yeah i mean wembley is literally like right on my doorstep so to be honest like it's literally it's literally my local team if anyone was to ask not even a club it's it's genuinely, England men's and women's team that are my local club It's so. actually your local
0: team.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. I will support any club that needs a little bit of supporting. You know, so I'm all for giving back to small clubs. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, the shade is unbelievable. That's so funny.
1: Yeah,
0: it's going <laughs> to head up the road and watch the local. I reckon. You know, <laughs> uh, need a few extra fans. Go <laughs> <to get> mental.
1: <laughs> so, was you,
0: how long have you been in London for now? Is this your first mm. year?
1: Yeah, this is my first year coming on to to six months now, but it feels like I've been here like a lifetime, like honestly I was home for Christmas and I was just like, I couldn't live here again, I couldn't, you know, I'm a big city girl now, not that small, not that small Glasgow minded anymore, and I'm all London (laughs) minded, yeah, but I've been here six months and so much has happened in six months that I think in the next few years, like, how things are going what a good timing to be honest with the Euros coming around you know I'm so looking forward to how how it'll go because like my uni do so well at like marketing for women's football as well like do really well like giving out um tickets tickets and stuff like the FA Cup final which was an occasion like an occasion especially being at Wembley so I'm looking forward to it to be honest and hopefully get involved as much as much as I can you know whilst season will be finished and the Euros will be on so yeah, and no, I'm looking forward to it. And I imagine you guys are as well. Be some good content for you guys to chat about.
2: As Not long as the... All, I'm, all I think is... <laughs> is I'm going to get into it. I'm going to get into it. I'm going to get into it. Okay. Fair enough. I'll get into it. i get into it. The selection has to be right, is what you yeah. want. The selection has to be right, because so much is riding on this. At the same point, like, it's great for women's football, and I think it's going to attract a lot of eyes. But with those eyes comes pressure.
1: Yeah.
2: This is in England. It's at Wembley. England need to be in that final. Like, I understand there's great teams, but it will be crazy if the Lionesses aren't at Wembley in that final. Sometimes, that's the thing, like what the men did at the Euros, you get to the final, sometimes it just isn't your day. That is fair enough. But they need to get to the final and the right players need to get picked because you have to think, when's the next Euros going to be in England? It's like... It that really is for a while. now. On, that's the thing. It really is now or never. I think the last one was twenty two, no, two thousand five, maybe the last time the Euros was in England. Mm. So it's like, look how long that that much of a wait mm. is. Obviously, Jordan Knobs has to be there. Beth Mead has to be there. Like <laughs> these are non-negotiables. These are <laughs> as long as they are fit, they must be there. <laughs> I always keep saying they must be on the plane. No, they must be on the coach to Wembley. <laughs> and I think. It's going to be hard. have to get a coach. can walk (laughs) That is true. Like, Spain's coming. Germany love to win the Euros. And I think, yeah, you're going to have to, you're going to have to shut up with your best guns to make sure. Because I don't want a repeat of the Olympics. I think, even though it wasn't just England, it was everyone mixed together. You just don't want that kind of feeling of like, this shouldn't have happened. I think from this year, I think that will be one of the best ways as well. People love success when yeah. usa won the 2019 world cup everyone ev- all people cared about was usa at one point but like, obviously megan Rapino, she's a loud character and she does a lot of things but it's like what draws you to her even more is the success when
1: mm-hmm. she's lifting
2: trophies and i think that is one of the biggest ways to inspire everyone wants to be like the person that's doing well
1: mm-hmm. like
2: sometimes not everyone wants to, sometimes people don't want to be the loser people want to be the winner so i think It will be pressure, but that's that's pressure you want as England. England is one of the best countries in the world in women's football. So it's like go out there, show it, bring home the glory.
1: I think that's the I'm not so
2: big on the win. I mean, winning would be amazing. (laughs) I think if we I think if
0: we can go out and just and it be like I'm very good, I'm just this is me. I'm just a marketing head now. This is what I do. (laughs) I just think marketing 24-7. I play two games Monopoly and I'm the man now. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I think as long as we can go out and like and have like an inspiring run, I haven't got a win, mm-hmm. but imagine you like no, we've seen it before with like World Cups. Like, I'm thinking like men's World Cups when they've gone out in the groups and stuff, and like nothing is worse than that. So other the Euros, if we can get like a semi-final run,
2: yeah, and
0: that's, that's or even a, even like quarterfinals, if we get to the quarterfinals and say we've scored we've scored 15 goals and we played. We played amazing, and we've like had really good games. Really exciting. I'd rather do that than scrape it to the final with. Because I don't feel like that inspires you're anyone. Sca-
2: you're not trying to scrape it. I'll scrape. I'm it. not trying. I'm not I'll trying scrape it. it. <laughs> if we,
0: I don't, don't- I don't feel like. I do like that's, that's inspiring. I don't think that's what gets people going. I feel like good. You want to watch good football, don't you? More than anything. I mean, winnings. I think awesome. It- but sometimes you do come away and you think, yeah, one-one-nil, but like we
2: weren't mm-hmm. good. Yeah, depends, we weren't good if if I we beat be spain england in the quarters
1: like england v spain wouldn't it like
2: yeah if we scraped I imagine if we scraped quarterfinals no, beat spain 1-0 scrape that's different beat I germany I in the that. 70s 1- <laughs> I'll, scrape. I'll scrape i'll scrape the entire way i'll We're scrape no and then i'll help no the guy, guy scrape england please. under the
1: show <laughs> so would, would you say no to like a penalty shootout then because that's almost like that's great, isn't it? Yeah, that sure the whole
2: nation
0: together. Like, I, I can't like... do a penalty shootout. I was I was at the men's Euros this summer. I, I can't do a penalty, I'd shootout, a penalty shootout. I'd the love worst, a penalty shootout. The worst is the worst feeling in the world. I would. The vibes, I, don't, I just think it's the most. It's just awful, and I don't think the best team always wins it. And nah, penalty no. are Not for me.
2: Not for me. I could see that Spain England final. We beat um, Germany in the semis 2 one we You're going to break
1: this down?
2: It comes down. To, we'll clip this up, send it back yeah, to we'll, him. We'll clip it. We'll clip it. But obviously, it comes down. I think we'd win 4 2. I think the whole vibe would be Spain are technically incredible, the greatest team that's at this Euros. And then when it comes to penalties, that's the thing penalties, it doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter how great you are. It's like it just comes down to the kick. I'm, that's going to be my prediction. I'm going to go to you tomorrow. think going all the way yeah. to the finals
0: to, to win on penalties, 4-2? Yep. That's that so win, specific. You wouldn't be able to go to Labrooks.
1: Like, for like, that, bro. Denied, I'm you. Like, see it, like, the winning penalty. Like, imagine. Maybe I should go from, like, Man United to, to Leon like, overnight. Yeah. And I am it, the winning penalty for the Euros. Like, I can yeah, see man, it. That's yeah. the thing.
2: And that's the beauty of the international tournament. Like, if these things do happen... That's what I can't wait. I can't wait for the young players. I think there's going to be so many young players that are going to go to this Euros and like if they get the playing time, they're going to be able to write their names in the limelight and like everyone will just come out like, who's this person? They're insane and stuff like that. Because this, I don't is, know, this is I your don't worry know, though, isn't it? Your worry
0: is that they won't take the young players. Yes. Like they'll stick with <laughs> the old guard. And that's, that's what your worry is.
2: I think everyone should watch Michael Owen at international tournament. Watch Wayne Rooney when they were young. That is hunger and I think that's the kind of sometimes you need to let players do that. You don't know what you're walking into so you're not scared of anything. Mm. I think like like Lauren Hemp. Whenever I watch Lauren Hemp play especially internationally, I think everyone needs to, everyone that's listening to this, watching this, go and watch Lauren Hemp's game against France. I think England lost 3-1 maybe but the way how she was attacking France, I thought, she hasn't got a care in the world. She doesn't care who they are. And I think sometimes, as a more experienced player, you know, oh my God, we're going to face them. They're such a well-drilled team. But when you're young, you're just kind of like, I don't know you, but I know who no, I, I think, am. I think, I
0: think you're playing down Lauren Hemp's experience there.
2: I'm not... I don't like, know, but they didn't have her in, in, on the in, interna- international,
0: International uh, experience, yes.
2: Yeah. But think...
0: She's at Man City. Mm. They usually play Champions League. Like, what she played Barcelona last year, and we, mm. they didn't get run off the park. Like, plays in WSL. First like, game they did. No, I mean, they got the no, first, it first game. It they ran into a storm over 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 two legs. I'm not I'm not, I'm not having that. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she she plays against like play against Chelsea. What three times a year maybe?
2: But plays I against
0: know. Arsenal. Like so these much like, a lot of this is what the like this is what should give us the boost in Mm. terms of all the English players or the vast majority playing the WSL, which is arguably the highest competition. Uh, That
2: mm. should should (sighs) set us in very good stead. You've opened the can of worms because what I feel, I feel WSL is the best league in the world, yes. Mm. However, you don't really come up against that many different players in the WSL. Mm. I think a lot of the WSL players, are pretty much the same and i think to players you don't really see different types of players so therefore when you go to internationals you're seeing all different kinds of players because it's like a lot of the wsl players could be english could be scandinavian and then you could go against it's a similar style france. for hours, isn't it yeah and then you could go you face france and france have all these players from the division 1 feminine and they are completely different you go to america you get new up against nothing but athletes and it's like Sometimes, like, you're not ready for that. But I feel like Lauren Hemp, you kind of put her in any kind of situation. And she's fearless. It's like even the Olympics, first game, like, she was just... And I don't want to put too much pressure on her because, like, she she still is so young. And it's like, everyone gets so excited. And they're like, yes, Hemp at the Euros. But I want, I kind of want her to go to the Euros feeling comfortable, but ready to do her thing. I don't want it to be like, She is everything. And like, because then it could be so much pressure. uh, Bro, that's the English
0: media. I'm so scared. I'm so scared about
2: that. I'm really scared about that. Because it's like, you want her to just go there and quietly cook. You just want her to just breeze past defenders quietly. Like, who the hell is she? And also, I think Fran Kirby's massive, massive. Mm. Because at the end of the day, you can't call her world-class, world-class, world-class. And then not look at her to kind of be one of the key parts of this Lioness team going into the Euros. I think if if she goes in there fit, we could win it. That's why I feel so strongly. I think this is a great England team. But the I think certain players need to be brought, some players should not be brought. It's a great, it's a
0: great England roster. I'm not sure yeah. what the team's gonna be saying, but the yeah, the pool of players that are available to pick from for me should win the Euros. Yes. Yeah. Because I like the the talent is deep. Like we run deep in pretty much every position. But that's that's football though, isn't it? Like yeah. you, that's why you can't bring everyone. you only there's only what 18-20 players you can bring. And that's what is that's what makes football football. But yeah, I do think when it comes to it England's England's talent pool is very, very, very deep.
2: I'd love yeah. to see one championship player. I'd love to see one. I think kind of Theo Walcott at the twenty six, um, two thousand six World Cup. Just let someone like just be in that atmosphere. I know it won't happen. I know it won't happen. That's well, just no. You say no. You say big, that
0: because if you think I like don't. World Cup, Ellie, Ellie Robot did that.
2: But that's what I want. I kind of I want a young player to be there, and it, like or just a player that's underrated to just kind of like show me that you've been looking outside of the obvious. Because I know they have their obvious picks but yeah. I want to see that you've done some research that you've you've spoken to Courtney, you've heard who's great at London City lionesses and you've given them a chance like I think you need that and just that certain that mis- that mystery. I don't want to know what the team is. I want, mm. I want certain players that obviously Jordan Knob's perfect, Frank herbie yeah obviously but I want okay I wasn't expecting that but I see where you're coming from. That is one of the biggest things I want to see in that England team. Yeah, you know, be inspired. You must be inspired, yeah. guys. <laughs> I'm scared for Spain though because oof, Barcelona is Spain. Spain is Barcelona. It's. Yeah, going back to what beast.
0: you said though, like having all the having all the different styles all coming. in. That's what that's what international football. That's what you get excited. Yeah, for, like. Germany
2: look good. Germany yeah. looked good. Like, and <laughs> I've been watching some Bundesliga highlights. Obviously they're on their winter break right now, but I was like, "Oh, Germany look good," and they love to win the Euros as well. I think they won it like seven times. I'm yeah, like, they're pr- they're not they're not they're not a stranger to the Euros.
1: On them to like do well internationally. It's just something that that in Spain mm. as well. You know, the men's team have have you know left a legacy over the years. So I think it's could say it's England's turn to go and to go and do that. You know, I think. But looking at England though, like I think no matter what, in, women's football will like blow up here Mm. when the Euros come like without a doubt so essentially they've like without being too far talking they've kind of done their job by doing that so I think they've got nothing to lose they've got nothing to lose and there's nothing more dangerous than a person with nothing to lose so Mm. they'll be they'll be going out each game like you know one game at a time you know the classic football classic football chat but I think if they were to win this Euros it would be like it would be the start of like a revolution honestly it would just be it would just be crazy. I can imagine the next generation of footballers in and around England would be like mental, you know, and, and in 10 years' time the same headache would happen about who's getting chosen for England because, you know, more players have come up and more will have had a light shine on them. But I could, you know, it would be the dream to have someone from the championship chosen for the, the England team. But you know, I think I'm a very I'm an optimist, but I'm also a realist. So who knows? I think if we get like a little, a little email one day from you know, Serena, we've been about an England player that uh, I'll be, I'll be sure to let you know. <laughs> and that is a point start? I think about. Who would
0: you start it? for like...
2: England?
1: Who would I, Who would I start for England?
2: Yeah. Who would you start up front? I, I think that's, that's probably the most what, up from, from Who would you bring from the Lionesses or in terms yeah. of just the actual, actual team? Both, but like Lionesses, who would you, who would you start?
1: Um, I mean, Molly Rouse has won a bronze at the the, the under twenties World Cup. So I feel like it's hard time now to to go and hopefully get, you know, some more some more um I'd say silverware with the England team. So I'll give I'll give her an opportunity. But I think like any any of our players that are um eligible for England, like would put in such a good shift. And I think even being around like that England team would just do mad things for their confidence as well. I can imagine I can just imagine any any team, like even now, like Frank Kirby, for instance, coming back from an England camp, like their confidence must be like through They've
2: mm, mm.
1: just played with like the best in the country, like consistent training with the best in the country. And they're coming back to their club to I think that's why they always end up doing so well if they're not injured, you know, per se, but the confidence must be through the roof. So you know it'd be the dream to like put a few of them in there. I know there's a few Scottish that, you know, probably are probably in for a good chance if they keep up the consistency for Scotland. Mm. Scotland's a little bit different to England than I think in terms of um they some they often choose like um players who like already play like in 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 Scotland rather than yeah. like maybe looking elsewhere, which is yeah. obviously a very good thing, a very, very good thing. Um, but like I think Carly and like Jamie um, are like not too far off maybe maybe call up to a training camp, you know. Mm. So who knows, it might be the same for England, you know, we've got a few internationals, you know, we've got Lance, Atlanta Primus, Jamaica, Rihanna Jarrett, Ireland. Um, so yeah, we've got a few and a lot of them have got like youth level experience, like Charlotte Fleming like, captained England at youth level. So I don't think they're too far away from it. And, you know, I hope this this Euros is like the kind of, we dream to be like, let's keep going, let's get promoted to the WSL. And let's say Serena Wickman, you know, put us in, put us in, you know? Get Jordan Knobs out. Get Frank Curry out. The Lionesses is in our name. Jay's, in. So Jay's
0: camera is just going to go off. Now <laughs> He's just going to be gone.
2: <laughs> On his way to London. He's furious. <laughs> <laughs> who would you start, like, in the current Lioness team? Who would you be your starting striker?
1: The national team or... Yeah, national Lionesses? team. National team. Um, I... God. I think. Scott Scott and White. Scott Baylon White. i put i put her, you know, Miss Miss is consistent. I think, you know, she's getting older now, but we can just you can just count on her, I think. Um and I love seeing this. <laughs> I love it. I want to I want to know the story behind it more than anything. I feel like maybe she's done it one day and like everyone's <laughs> like, oh.
0: There is there is a story about yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've read an article. It's, and it's yeah. not what you think it is. Like when you read it, you're like, I don't see the correlation, but yeah, okay, okay, <laughs> you do you doing it. Like it's a bit of a, I remember reading it thinking, like, what? Like how did you get that from that? Like, I can't remember the exact reason. I'm gonna try to find the article and I'll send it to you Courtney. Um, <laughs> but guys, thank you so so much. Uh Courtney, best of luck for the rest of the season. I'm looking forward to Lionesses versus Arsenal. We'll definitely keep an eye on that one. Jay, as always, big thank you to you, man. And everyone at home. Thanks for checking us out. See ya.